continuing now in the book of First Thessalonians, chapter 3. And when you get there, we'll be actually starting in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17. As I've stated many times in the past, that these uh, chapters and verses were added by man later to help people find places in the scriptures when they were trying to locate them. Because when this was originally written, there was one letter that was here, and it was not given chapter verses. And it was a letter that was given to those who were assembled in this Thessalonican Messianic congregation, which was a mixture of both Jews and Gentiles, becoming one in Messiah. And that's part of the sanctification process. So let us begin here. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 17. As and as for us brothers, when we were deprived of your company for a short time in person, but not in thought, we missed you and tried hard to come and see you. We wanted so much to come to you. I shall tried more than once, but the adversary stopped us. For when our Lord Yeshua returns, what will be our hope and joy, our crown, to boast about? Won't it be you? Yes, you are our glory and our joy. Now let us continue. So when we could no longer stand it, we agreed to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother, and God's fellow worker for the good news of the Messiah to make you solid and encourage you in your trust so that none of you would let these persecutions unsettle him. For you yourselves know that these are bound to come to us. Even when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were about to be persecuted. And indeed, it has happened, as you know. That is the reason why after I could no longer, could stand it no longer, I was sent to find out about your trust. I was afraid that somehow the tempter had tempted you. And the hard work had been wasted. But now Timothy has come to us from you, bringing good news about your trust and your love, and telling us that you remember us well and are always longing to see us, just as we long to see you. Because of this, brothers, in spite of all our trouble and distress, we were comforted over you because of your trust. So that now we are alive, since you continue to stand fast, united with the Lord. Indeed, how can we thank God enough for you or express to our God all the joy we feel because of you? Night and day, we pray as hard as we can 
that we'll be able to see you face to face and supply whatever shortcomings there may be in your trust. May our God, our Father, and our Lord Yeshua direct our way to you. As for you, may the Lord make you increase and overflow in love toward each other, indeed toward everyone, just as we do towards you, so that he may give you an inner strength to be blameless by reason of holiness when you stand before God our Father at the coming of our Lord Yeshua with all of his angels. These are truly encouraging words. We notice in this passage here, it speaks about their relationship. Now, Rav Shaul is not there with them at this time. He was sent away. Why? Because the persecution had so heavily came upon him and those that were with him. And this persecution was so heavy the possibility of the destruction of this new messianic fellowship of both Jews and Gentiles, the possibility of it being completely snuffed out was there. And so God knows all these things. God knows the hearts of those people who had received. He knows their standing with him. It's just like we as parents, that day that we finally take our child off to college or we take them to their workplace if they don't have a vehicle at that time. And once they move out of our home in the future, we as parents, we are really, we want them to go, but we really don't want them to go. We know they have to leave the nest, but yet, in that process, we still want to hang on to them. We have to trust them that how we taught them and instructed them and raised them, that when they face difficulties, persecution and trials, being offended, being drawn to other groups, that they possess within them the spirit of the living God. The same spirit of the living God that leads us and instructs us how to instruct them and how to encourage them and how to pray and to intercede for them. So if you look at it from this perspective, as Rav Shaul shared in chapter 2, that he became like a mother, a nurturing mother, and also a nurturing father a protector over them. That was his heart and his intent. And so through this process of Hasatan coming out, because we're not to fool with Hasatan. I'm amazed that there are a lot of believers right now that think that they can go toe-to-toe with Hasatan, the devil, we cannot. It says to resist, resist the devil, then he shall flee. 
It says in scripture for us to put on the full armor of God so that we can extinguish those fiery darts that come our way. See, we're in a spiritual battle here. And Hasatan, when he sees a new birth and a new believer or a group of believers that were once his, he's upset. He's angry and he'll pull out all stops to take that seed that's producing a brand new life in that individual. He'll pull out all stops to kill it. And so Rav Shaul and Sila and Timothy, these other individuals that were in this process with Rav Shaul, his traveling companions, they were able to demonstrate what to do when Hasatam comes against you. See, because we're not fighting against flesh and blood. These are principalities and powers. And if the Lord takes you out of that situation for a period of time, the Lord's allowing that to happen. Because these brand new Messianic uh, believers, both Jews and Gentiles, who had received and received and received, had demonstration how they're to conduct their lives and love one another, were now given an opportunity to put this all to a test. And that's where we all are today. No matter how long you've been walking in the Lord, the Lord allows tests and persecutions to come in our lives so that we will grow and develop in our trust in the Lord. And we who live in America, we've been so blessed for many, many years. We've been verbally abused. We've been canceled in certain areas. But literal physical persecution has not come yet. But it's coming. Now we're to be strengthened by these words. And know this, that God does not allow any trial or temptation that he's not already made a way out for us to grow in our trust and faith. When you stop and contemplate, right after Yeshua came up from the waters and the Ruach came upon him as an outward sign, he was already dwelling within Messiah. Because Yeshua said when he left his was about to leave his disciples said, I got to go and release the spirit unto you. But where did that spirit that came upon Yeshua lead him? Into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights of prayer and fasting and seeking the Father's face. What do trials and persecution bring about in the body of Messiah. Growth. 
those who play games with God are not allowed to play games anymore. Your growth, your, your maturity as believers begins. And let me be honest with you. I don't like trials and tribulations. I don't enjoy persecution. But I would not be the person I am today if the Lord did not allow me to endure that. See, that's part of our schooling here on this earth. And we hear about our brothers and sisters and Messiah around the world who are being put to death because of their testimony, the hope that's in them. And we pray for them, we intercede for them. But know this, as we are now in the last days, God's allowing it to sweep over the United States in the near future. No different if you look at, at the, at the uh, body of Messiah throughout Europe. Where are they today? Paganism is growing at an alarming rate. Throughout Europe and America. But are we as believers, are we to walk in fear? Absolutely not. But to walk in God's instruction. And know this, that he will not allow any trial or persecution to come upon us that he's already made a way for us to endure and to be in strengthened, to put our full, complete trust within him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so now let us look here at the first two verses. So when we can no longer stand it, we agreed to be left in Athens alone. And sent Timothy, our brother, and God's fellow worker, for the good news of the Messiah to make you solid, to encourage you in your trust. So everyone knew Shaul, the Apostle Paul. They knew exactly who he looked like. They knew of his stature. They knew of his voice. But Rav Shaul was raising and mentoring two young men, both Timothy and Silas. And the Lord instructed Rav Shaul to send Timothy. Because he knew at one time Timothy was going to be raised up to lead a congregation. And so the things that he saw being demonstrated in Rav Shaul, now he was going to walk in the test. Because the same ones that were persecuting Rav Shaul directly did not recognize Timothy for who he was. And so he went, trusting the Lord to build upon and to confirm everything. See in verse 2 it says to make you solid. Why? Because when persecution comes. When trials come. What happens immediately? Our emotions run amok. We get our eyes off the Lord. 
and on what's happening to me, me, myself, and I. That becomes our full focus. But what is our focus to be? On the Lord. And to actually acknowledge this. Have you ever acknowledged this before? Abba, Father God. Abba, Father God, I acknowledge you're allowing this trial, this persecution, this test of my faith, so that I'll even draw closer to you. My love, my devotion, my full confidence and concentration. I'm going to shut off the radio. I'm going to shut off the TV. I'm going to shut off my phone. I'm going to do all these things because now you got my attention. I'm very angry. I'm disappointed. There's nothing I can hide before you. I'm an open book. But you're about to inscribe upon this open book. You're about to cause me to be transformed as I've been praying into the image, likeness, and character of my Messiah. He's my example of an overcomer. And so are all those apostles and prophets who are listed in the Tanakh, who honored God with their lives and shared words that they were terrified to share. And Hasatan put a bullseye on their back and began the attack. You know, in scripture, Yeshua says, have you counted the cost? This isn't a game we play. We're to mature as believers. In the midst of suffering, Scripture says we'll count it all joy. And there are times when our minds have such a difficulty even comprehending that. The joy that was set before him. Yeshua endured the cross, the tree so that you and I would gain salvation through his sacrifice. You know, the Lord calls us also to pick up what? Our cross, our tree, and come and follow after him. I believe when persecution comes physically here in the United States, a lot of congregations are going to have a mass exodus. Because there have been people who are believers in name only, and maybe they prayed a certain prayer, they gave a certain confession, but they stopped growing. Has the Lord allowed service, which are troubles in their lives? Yes. But they've simply just played games. God's going to be dealing with. And you know what brings real revival? The word of God. You know when the body of Messiah grows throughout the world, historically proven in the scripture, it's through persecution and trials. They say in the country of China, I give that as an example today, 
that they don't know how many true believers there truly are. But the Lord knows. Yeshua has inscribed their names upon his hands. He says, I know my sheep. But the shepherd allows us to face these trials and these persecutions. That's part of our training. So we were left alone, Athens alone, and we sent Timothy. Now let us turn to Acts chapter 17, beginning at verse 13. Acts 17, verse 13. It gives us a little bit of background, what was happening. And those of you who have been able to listen to some of the podcasts, as I, I was able to teach through the book of Acts, it was more than, I believe, two years, going line upon line, precept upon precept, expository preaching and teaching. And that takes some time. And that's how we are to know God's word in the context of God speaking to the people in that time and setting to the things that they were dealing with and how we can apply it today as we're led by the Spirit of the living God, how to apply God's word and divide it rightly and apply it to our daily lives. So here we are in uh, Acts chapter 17, and we're beginning at verse 13. But when the unbelieving Jews, and these are Jews who have not received Yeshua as their Messiah, of Thessalonica learned that the word of God had been proclaimed by Shaul in Berea as well. They went there too to make trouble and to agitate the crowds. The brothers sent Shaul away at once to go down to the seacoast. And why Sila and Timothy stayed behind. And so we see here, Shaul's escort went with him as far as Athens, then left instructions for Sila and Timothy to come as quickly as they could. See, they drove away the ringleader in their eyes who was Rav Shaul. But these other two individuals, they stayed for a period of time. But Rav Shaul knew this by the spirit of the living God that they were now to come where he was. Why? Because the ferocity of Hasatan using these individuals as puppets would potentially snuff out the lives and the work of that Messianic community. Very, very clear in the scripture what the word of God says. And remember this, that one Persecution comes, which is ordained by Hasatan himself, on any born-again believer, the puppets that he used. We're not to see them as enemies, but pray that God will fill our hearts with compassion. For they are lost and deceived, and they are puppets, just as you and I once were. 
to pray for them. If you ever want to read an excellent book, it's called Tortured for Christ by Pastor Richard Warmbrand. Excellent work. And in the book, it talks about the times what he faced and how he was able to pray and intercede for those puppets who were prison guards. He had scars in his body. To this day, he's now in the presence of the Lord. But when he, would, when he was later released and he came to America, I was able to hear him speak at least two times. And I was able to purchase the book and read it. I encourage anyone who's listened to this podcast to read that book. Because the persecution that's coming upon us in America, and not only America, throughout the whole known world, is going to get so intense. By the flip of the president's signature, anyone who speaks against same-sex marriage can potentially face the whole weight of the federal government if you do not recognize same-sex marriage. A simple signature. That's going to muzzle a lot of men and women of God. I'm not just talking about rabbis and Pastors and teachers and evangelists. I'm talking about all men and women of God. Of speaking God's definition. That marriage is only between a man and a woman. Biologically. As they're born. But we're not to walk in fear. But know that this can happen any time. Praise be to God. So continuing in Acts chapter 18 and verse 5. But after silent Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Shaul felt pressured by urgency of the message and testified in depth to the Jews that Yeshua is the Messiah. See what the enemy tried to do to dissuade him through persecution? He bare before his eyes his own brothers and sisters who still had the veil over their eyes, a place where he once was prior. The only hope for Israel is Yeshua Jesus, their salvation, they becoming born again. The only hope for anyone from any of the nations is the same. Yeshua, Jesus, putting their hope and trust in him. Continuing, persecutions are bound to come to us. Let's look now to the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 16 and verse 33. John 16 and 33. Uh, John 16 and 33. And this is Yeshua speaking. 
I have said these things to you so that united with me you may have shalom, peace. In the world you will have troubles, but be brave. I have conquered the world. John 16.33 So think about that. If those puppets in Yeshua's day who were used by Hasatan to hinder him from doing the Father's will, don't think for a moment that Hasatan, who has no new plans, no new schemes, no new way of doing things, will use the same type of puppets to hinder us. But remember, pray and intercede for those puppets. For if not by the grace of God, there are you and I once were. Can't be any more simple than that. So continuing, Rav Shaul, let's go now back to verse uh, 3, 3 of First Thess- uh, First Thessalonians chapter 3. so that none of you would let these persecutions unsettle him. For you yourselves know that these are bound to come to us. And verse 3, 4. Even when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were about to be persecuted. And indeed, it has happened, as you know. So Rav Shul doesn't want the Thessalonian Messianic believers to be unsettled by their trials and persecutions. Who also spoke on this issue? 1 Peter, Kepha, chapter 4. Let's turn there. See, the apostles are in unity on this message. Why? They're instructed by the same source which is the Ruach HaKodesh. When is there unity within the body of Messiah? When God's word is going forth and we're applying it to our daily lives. And there are times when we read God's word and it fulfills God's word in that it rebukes us. It sets us on the right path. So here we are in 1 Peter Chapter 4. We'll begin here at verse number 12. Dear friends, don't regard it strange, the fiery ordeal occurring among you to test you, as if some extraordinary thing were happening to you. Rather, to the extent that you share the fellowship of the Messiah's sufferings. See, we are to share the Messiah's sufferings while we're here on this earth. That's part of our transformation into his character. Walking only in God's provision as we grow and develop as believers. Rejoice. I'll back that up here on verse 13 again. 
rather to the extent that you share the fellowship of Messiah's sufferings. Rejoice. Are you kidding me? Are you out of your mind? You know what? If you look at it from this perspective, every time God allows one of these puppets to come near us and throw a jab or a cross, and I'm speaking in a boxing metaphor here, every time he allows that, he's allowing our new individual, which is a man or woman in Messiah, our spirit person, to rise and put our carnal nature, our carnal man to death. To crucify that old nature. And you know what? That's not comfortable at all. But for us to fully realize that we're in fellowship with Messiah's sufferings, we are to rejoice. Because by one increment of the sanctification process, I am now growing. See, it's all about perspective. And what is our perspective? Are we going to look at trials and tribulations and tests that the Lord allows in our life as a blessing or a curse? We decide. Are we going to rejoice and actually turn to our Heavenly Father and say, Thank you, Father, for you know what's best for me. I don't know. I don't understand. But you see that completed work that you desire for me to be. Continuing here. Rejoice so that you will rejoice even more. Wait a second. This is even to give me even greater joy? Absolutely. When his Shekinah his divine presence is revealed. Is that not a good word? If you are being insulted because you bear the name of Messiah, how blessed you are. You know what? Some of the greatest haters in the woke definition of who haters are in this world are those people who follow and honor God's word. Because any time that you speak against someone who wants to marry someone of the same sex and enter into an ungodly covenant with that individual, and you say to them, well, that's not God's definition of what marriage is, you are now classified as a hater. Continuing. If you're being insulted because you bear the name of Messiah, how blessed you are. For the spirit of his Shekinah, that's the divine presence, that is the spirit of God, is resting on you. Just as he was resting on Messiah when he entered into the wilderness to be tempted toe-to-toe with Hasatan. And he overcame that t- temptation. And he did not sin. See, in the midst of trials and tribulations, our flesh is so being crucified that we want to manifest and vent through sin. 
but God wants us to take every thought captive, every motivation, and to allow us to be transformed in the image and character of the Messiah. Rabbi, you're hitting some really, really hard stuff today. Well, this is what the word of God says. Because you know what's going to happen? When physical persecution starts hitting these congregations in America, as I said earlier, there's going to be a mass exodus. How many men and women who used to walk with the Lord are now saying, I'm no longer a believer. I no longer believe in God and his word. See, this is happening. This is taking place. Apostasy is happening. The testing of our faith and trust in Messiah is happening. And this is nothing new. These believers in this book that Rav Shaul was speaking to, some of the Bible scholars said that they were only there between two to seven weeks of instruction. They were brand new believers in Messiah. And yet the Lord is allowing them now to be tested. To be proven. Just as gold is proven. Through fire. Bringing out all the dross. So that they will be refined gold. As some scripture alludes to that, that God can literally see his face. And who's that one that's looking? But Yeshua himself. He can see his character being developed in us. Continuing here. The spirit of God is resting on you. Let none of you suffer for being a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a meddler in other people's affairs. See, he's saying we're not to do the things of the world. We're to honor God with our lives specifically. Praise be unto God. For his word is yes and amen and it is true. Continuing here. Persecutions are to test any messing of believer's trust. Now let us turn to the beginning part of the book of 1 Peter. And let's look at these verses here. Chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Rejoice even, the, even in this, though for a little while you may have to experience grief in various trials. See, he's acknowledging that there's going to be grief in these trials. We have emotions. It's okay to have emotions. Even gold is tested for its genuineness by fire. The purpose of these trials is so that your trust genuineness, which is more far valuable than perishable gold, will be judged worthy of praise and glory and honor at the revealing of Yeshua, the Messiah. And when is he going to be revealed? That very moment that he comes back for us. The dead Messiah will rise first, and those of us who are alive will be transformed. 
our sanctification ends at that millisecond. Why? Because now we received the salvation for our earthly bodies who are going to be glorified and eternal. And our bodies will appear like his. That's what the scripture teaches. So you and I have to endure the trials and the testings on this earth. This is our schooling. One day you and I will graduate. And I long for that graduation. I see things in my own life even today. But the Lord says, no, wait, you're to endure. You're to trust me. You're to walk my power and authority over your own thoughts, motives, actions, your body. So continuing here. Rav Shul doesn't want the Messianic, Messianic believers to be unsettled by their trials and persecutions. They are a test of any Messianic believer's trust. And if he believes that we are to endure them, and they will be made stronger. Acts chapter 14 verse 22 speaks to our hearts pertaining to this matter. Acts chapter 22. 14:22, excuse me. I'll start in 21. After proclaiming the good news, and who's proclaiming this? The apostle in that city and making many people into Talmudim, that's disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch and strengthening the Talmudim, the disciples, and encouraging them to remain true to the faith and reminding them that it is through many hardships. How many? It says many. That's an unending number. Many hardships that we must to enter the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom of God is future. And when does the kingdom of God begin? When Yeshua comes back after the seven-year tribulation and he sets up his earthly kingdom on this earth. You and I have already received our glorified bodies. We're coming back with him. And we will rule and reign with him for a thousand years on this earth. That's part of God the Father's plan. Which shall be orchestrated. And there's nothing that Hasatan can do to stop it. And now let us now look at the book of Yaakov, which is Jacob. Isn't this something where I'm currently preaching through both books simultaneously? It's amazing how they interact with one another. Because as I said before, who was the individual that's instructing them what to write? Starting with the, the prophets in the Tanakh and concluding with those apostles. And the last apostle that's writing God's written word is Johannan John. Do not be fooled by the modern apostles and prophets, these people that claim they're not adding to God's word. It's already written. His book is sealed. 
And Yohanan John gave a warning. He said, anyone that adds to this book. Some say, well, that he's just speaking about the book of Revelation. Others say this. Any of the books from Genesis to Revelation, if anyone adds or takes from those books, they are misleading others. We're to study and know the whole counsel of God. Otherwise, we're every wind, every person's dream or vision. But what does the word of God say? Is it proven there? So here we are in James, and we're in verse chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. But let this perseverance do its complete work. And what is perseverance? Facing trials and temptation and testing that the Lord allows in our lives to bring about its good work in us. But before that, in verse 2, it says, Regard it all joy, my brothers, when you face various kinds of temptations, for you know that the testing of your trust produces perseverance. But let the perseverance do its complete work. How do we hinder that work? When we rebel against the Lord in the midst of that suffering time. Continuing. So that you may be complete and whole, lacking what? Nothing. See, our Heavenly Father does not allow things in our lives if it's not there to teach and train us and prove that he's right. And I can end on this comment today, and I will. Our Heavenly Father knows best. Praise be to God.